timely reminder. Some of the goblin commanders, most notably those who had led troops in the last set of battles against the elves in their far northern fastness by the sea, had slipped back into their age-old roles of absolute power over their people. While Korat had no problem with them assuming the everyday tasks of leadership among their own, he had objected strenuously to the lack of awareness and reverence toward him as their ultimate leader. He had dealt with the disloyalty with his customary swiftness, appointing more obsequious goblins to replace those whose heads now adorned the central poles of the larger hovels of the more important goblin families. The newly inducted goblin leaders would be faithful to him for at least a handful of years, and he had no immediate use for the vermin. So Korat had turned his entourage back toward the seaside fortress, which was his current center of operations and main stronghold. This fastness of black rock perched brooding above a small fishing village on the rocky coast. Already in the years since he had commissioned the building of the fortress, the village had expanded to a much larger size and commanded a decent trading port as well as the fishing fleet. A few weeks earlier, before he had set out for this latest northern venture, his sea watch captains had brought him a decrepit sailor who had been begging a berth on one of his trading vessels. The wretched man had turned out to be an ex-pirate, one of the few survivors of an encounter that had not gone in the pirate's favor. His news had been brought to Korat with all haste when he spoke of their foes being a strange, fair folk, in some features matching the descriptions of those obnoxious Feeltheon, whom Korat thought he had defeated utterly the previous spring. With this sailor's story raising dangerous doubts of the survival of a remnant of the Feeltheon, escaped to sea, Korat's wrath had risen comparably till all his loyal followers crept in fear from shadow to shadow, hoping to avoid his notice. Now that he was returned to his seaside fortress, Korat's first act upon attaining his bleak office was to summon the captain of his sea watch to report. He had left orders that the hapless sailor they had captured was to be tortured until every faintest clue of information about Korat's erstwhile foes was wrung from him, and that the sea watch was to put out word of a reward for any more news of this fair folk. He had also ordered that the remaining pirate survivors be discovered and brought to the fortress and questioned as well. Disappointingly, the first pirate had not held out very long before expiring and he had not divulged any more useful information. Korat was not accustomed to suffering disappointment alone, so the captains of the Sea Watch had been eager to promise him further word upon his return. Now, though, it would be only a short time until the captains reported. Korat allowed his servants to use that time to divest him of his damp cloak and boots, providing warm, dry half-boots instead. They brought him mulled wine and toasted bread and cheese to drive away the chill. By the time he had changed and supped, Korat could hear rapidly approaching footsteps. He crossed from the glowing hearth to the chair behind his desk and stood, awaiting them. The three men who entered upon his command were lieutenants of the captains he had expected to see, causing Korat's black brows to draw into a portentous frown. Sending their lieutenants could only mean that his captains had no news for him and were seeking to avoid his wrath. Under his black glare, the hapless subordinates paled to a sickly greenish hue. Well, Korat barked, making no effort to soften his harsh temper. One of the three stepped forward, swallowing audibly. My lord, your word has gone forth. 
but there is no response yet. My captain, Vernak, has himself gone out aboard one of our trading vessels to seek news and any survivors of the pirate vessels defeated by. Realizing his tactlessness a moment too late, the young man cut off his sentence without naming their foes. Korot's brow darkened further at the near mention of the Faeltheon, but he was intrigued at the reported initiative of Vernak. It could be a tactic designed to put him out of immediate reach of his lord's wrath, but it could also be his interpretation of the import of his orders. Abruptly dismissing the three lieutenants, Korat summoned a house servant and ordered the other two captains flogged to relieve his temper. He would leave no corner of the known world unsearched in his lust to see that hideous race of Faeltheon utterly destroyed. He would not fail in this. He dared not. The savory scent of shrimp, scallops, and...